Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. everybody. We're back and we're going to talk about something today that we think is probably on a lot of people's minds and that is self-reliance or depending less on other people for your food, shelter, clothing and more on what can you produce yourself. But first of all, I have a humor segment. (laughs) My um, son was, so I have, I I know we keep promising that we're going to do an episode on sensory processing stuff. So one thing that is one of the things that I'm sensitive to is like noises. And when little kids, my boys, always make mouth noises, like they're always making little little noises with their mouth. So my toddler was at it one day and finally I said, could you please just for five minutes stop making that noise? I can't handle it anymore right now. And he says, but mommy, those are my little voices. <laughs> and they're adorable, son, except not right now because no, I, I want to do something harmful to you if you keep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay another another humorous thing I had to share you guys if you do not follow Johnson Files on Instagram you need to go follow him he does the funniest stuff and he recently did a video what's funny is he's not even a parent yet he just announced that he and his wife uh, just had a successful IDF transfer or not just but they are expecting a baby Um, but he somehow knows all the parent things to laugh about because he made a music video a little while ago called watch watch this mom I think it's called or watch me mom it is so funny you guys need to go watch it it's basically a music video all about how moms just settle in to read a book or do something delightful on their own and and a kid comes up and wants to show you something totally inane that you've seen a thousand times. And my favorite line from the song is, I don't want to see you do something that every human in the world can do. (laughs) And I don't know how many more times I can say, that's neat. (laughs) So go do yourself a favor and watch his video on Instagram. So cute. I know it. I know it's so, so dumb. And you're supposed to be like, wow, you jumped two inches in the air. You can hop on one foot. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, We're probably terrible mothers. (laughs) Absolutely. No, no denying it. Yeah. All right. So what are we going to talk about today is self-reliance. So what does it mean to be self-reliant? It means to not be dependent on somebody else for your basic needs, like your food, your shelter, your clothing, or maybe less dependent, like you're able to produce more of your own. Basically think about growing a garden for you know, going out and picking a salad and eating it. That's kind of pretty self-reliant. We're going to talk about how to be self-reliant in so many different areas. Yes. And let's just pause for a second and talk about what a blessing it is that we don't have to be 100% self-reliant, right? 200 years ago, you basically had to either live real close to a bunch of other people and figure out some sort of bartering trading situation going on, or you made everything yourself. And thank goodness for modern conveniences and grocery stores and the supply chain that we have going on today. We don't have to do all those things. Um, We get to have some free time because somebody else is not a, not only growing our food and putting it in a store, but sometimes delivering it to our doorstep. So what a mere miraculous world we live in. However, that being said, we very quickly forget just how far removed we are from the production of our goods and food. And that's kind of dangerous as we start to see 
things happen in the world. Some supply chain failure started in COVID, right? And all of a sudden, you couldn't just go to the store and buy toilet paper. You had to figure something else out. And for some people, that was terrifying because they'd never considered storing their own or using some alternative way of toilet hygiene. I don't know. (laughs) The economy is a little bit touch and go these days. Um, Financial situation for people is kind of stressful. And then we also just believe that being self-reliant is helpful because it expands our knowledge of things. It helps us to grow and learn and become better people because we know how to do more things. And and our family personally, we believe, we just believe in being good stewards over the things that God has given us. He's given us this amazing planet. We need to know how to use it for our benefit and not just rely on other people to give it to us. Yes, absolutely. It's amazing when we can teach our kids skills that they can um, take into their life or pass on to other people. And if we don't know it, we can learn it right alongside of our kids. So in this episode, we're going to share 10 how-to tips, um, ideas that we have for a single person, a large family, a small family, whatever, just like yours, like how to get started toward becoming more self-reliant. Yes. And we are going to start small because we don't want anyone to leave this episode and think, oh my gosh, I have to learn how to, you know, darn my own socks or whatever. Um, but maybe you can get there someday, you know. But first Just... you have to raise the sheep. to <laughs> Right, right, right. Shear the sheep, <laughs> create the wool, knit the... No, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about starting super duper small. So our first step is to just do the babiest step that you can possibly imagine. And for us, it's something like growing herbs on a windowsill. They even sell them in a pot at the store. You could just go buy some cilantro or some basil or something you use quite often and stick it on your windowsill and grow it a little bit. Cut some off. The first time you cut off herbs and put it in your own food, you're going to just squeal for joy. It's so exciting. Yeah, that is so true. It's like starting small and and it's a little way that you're going to get addicted. We promise you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because that rush of adrenaline or that rush, you know, that good feeling when you have made something yourself or produce something yourself or you're not having to rely on somebody else. And that is something that you can teach and share with your kids too. Oh my goodness. Goodness. When we got um, our chickens a couple of years ago and we collected our first egg, I, I felt like we should have just dipped it in gold and saved it because, well, first of all, it was worth about a thousand dollars after all the <laughs> money we put into the chicken coop and everything else. But it was like, we just, we just made this happen. I mean, obviously we didn't do it. The chickens did it, but we like grew them from chicks and we fed them when we nurtured them. We took care of them and we just got food from it. And again, these eggs are worth probably considerably more than they are at the grocery store with all that we put into our chickens, but it's so, so thrilling. Another quick small tip we can share with you is to just start creating some uh, meals from recipes from scratch, right? So many of us are used to taking shortcuts, right? We buy a rotisserie chicken instead of cooking our own, simply because we've chosen to create these busy lives for ourselves. But if we can just maybe take a step or two backwards on the the food chain and try to create things from scratch so that you could replicate it if you did need to grow your own food, you could make your own bread or you could make um, a dinner that didn't require buying something that someone else had made. Yes. So that egg that you're talking about, that was, you know, very expensive egg. It's a very expensive egg until there are no eggs at the grocery store. And then it's a very mm-hmm. valuable egg. <laughs> then someone might yeah. come pay a thousand dollars, maybe not. Yeah. A thousand, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That leads, that's a good segue into the second tip, which is start early. So to get a chicken to egg laying operation from hatching an egg or starting with a chick is seven months. <laughs> 
<laughs> to get fruit from a tree. It takes years and years to grow and produce the fruit in trees. Like we always say, like when people ask us for tips about, I think you guys know that we live on kind of a hobby farm here and we produce um, most of our food in the summer and um, quite a lot in the winter from what we've preserved in the summer and the other dairy and other animals we have. Is people come to us and they ask us for tips and we always say, plant your fruit trees first <laughs> because you're going to have to wait for those the longest. If you plant a garden in spring, you'll be able to eat off of it this year. If you plant a fruit tree this year, you're not going to eat off of it mm -hmm. this year. <laughs> so yeah. start early is the next tip. Start early. Yeah. What do they say? The best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The next best time is today. <laughs> yeah. In our old house, sometimes we drive by our old neighborhood and um, my husband, did I just talk, I think I just talked about this on an episode, but my husband planted trees the day that my son was born, my nine-year-old. And we drive by now and I'm like, oh, look at all that shade. We only had a few years of it before we moved, but it, it happens eventually. You know, you're going to be 10 years older in 10 years, no matter what, you might as well have some, some fruit trees to go with it. Okay. Number three is to go slowly. Don't make yourself crazy and don't put yourself in debt by just thinking, oh, I need to have all the things. I'm going to go buy all the animals or, or uh, plant all the gardens. And gardening can be expensive. I'm sure all of us know if we've you know invested in some really nice soil at the store. Um, but one thing that we love to do is just to stock up on a few extra grocery items. So our family goes through food pretty quickly, both of our families, because we have a lot of children. Um, so instead of buying two or three cans of something that I would need for one meal, I'll just buy a case. So we always have several cases of beans, um, sometimes canned fruit or vegetables, depending on what we've been eating. But just buying a little bit each time adds up quickly. And then you have a reserve. And it's there's this peace of mind that comes knowing that you could feed your family from your pantry for quite a while. Yes. Yes. That is so awesome. Just a little bit at a time adds up over time. Really, it really does. Another way to go slowly is if you're adding um, say animals to your repertoire of ways you're being self-reliant, go slowly, mm -hmm. <laughs> start with one animal and learn it. And, um, then get, get, get that one mastered and learn the ins and outs. It's sometimes heartbreaking. Um, you know, animals have the circle of life and they live and they die. And sometimes you can't, you don't have any control over that. You can do your best and all that, but start slowly. Don't get like chickens and pigs and goats and rabbits and okay, just hang on back off. Just start slowly. Let's just start with one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that way, you know, like if you see if it's a good fit for you to have an animal to take care of, um, rather than getting them all and then having to find a place to displace them when you realize that you can't actually handle an animal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our next tip is kind of seems like it's opposite of what we just said, but it's think big. <laughs> all right. So this actually means like plant more then you can use. That is not hard to do. When you open a package of zucchini and there's 18 seeds in there, you're like, yes, I am sticking all these in the ground. <laughs> but if you only plant one green bean seed, you probably can feed your family one meal one time, maybe if it's an extra prolific green bean plant. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's okay to think big. That packet that you buy of green bean seeds or zucchini seeds, that is going to cost the same no matter if you plant all of them or none of them. So that that packet of seeds is going to cost the same. But then when you have a whole bunch of zucchini or tomatoes or green beans, you can add another skill to your skill set. Okay, so now you can grow zucchini. How about preserve zucchini? Okay, so add that one. Or you can share. 
um, or there's other things that you can do um, that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, it's okay to have extra. Think big. There's, um, it's just because you can't use it doesn't mean someone else can't. So think big. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No one I've ever met will turn down homegrown vegetables or fruits or anything else, right? It's always, always tastes better. And especially in, in, especially where gardening is concerned, the work you're doing is really the same, whether you plant one plant or 15, maybe a little bit more weeding for the surface area, but it's not a lot more, like you said, not any extra uh, money, but not a lot of extra work as well. Yeah. This goes for animals too, you know? So let's say you have a goal of having a dairy cow someday that you milk. Okay. That's awesome. But let's back up to number three, go slowly. Start with a dairy goat. <laughs> they don't produce quite as much milk. They're not as big to handle. You don't need as much space. So start with a goat and get used to that. And it's okay to think big. We had goats for, I don't know, 10 years before we ever got a cow. It's it's okay. Think big. Don't don't be afraid to think big. But but again, combine that with go slowly. Right, right. Okay, so number five tip is to learn new skills. Obviously, any of the things that we've talked about so far are going to require some sort of skill. Um, even just stocking up at the grocery store, if you want to do it smart, you'll have to learn how the sales go and maybe start clipping coupons or something so that it doesn't end up being a, a great expense. But so many amazing self-reliance skills in regards to food specifically. Canning, preserving, making cheese, yogurt, uh, gardening, animal husbandry, drying, fermenting, pickling, all the things. I will just brag on myself for five seconds. Audrey inspired me <laughs> to try some new things. Just a couple weeks ago, I made some yogurt. I made some kefir at home. It was really fun and really exciting. Most of the time, we're just freaked out because we've never tried it before. And what's the worst thing that can happen? You have to throw it down the drain because it doesn't turn out. Big whoop, right? Not a big deal. Um, so just just try something. Maybe you're a little bit more into um, canning or preserving. You've got a, an awesome bushel of fresh peaches this summer and you want to try to can some. Delicious. Go for it, right? And um, if canning... Uh, makes you nervous, just freeze them for a while until you get the hang of it or try one can, right? One jar and then work from there. Um, but so many amazing skills and not only to teach yourself, but to pass on to your kids and your grandkids as well. Make sure that we continue um, having generations that know how to care for themselves. Yes, that is so true. And again, this goes back to go slowly. And um, so learn a new skill. So you want to try preserving food. So start exactly what you said, freezing. You don't need much extra equipment to make strawberry freezer jam. Um, another one is sauerkraut. That is one of the easiest things that you can preserve. Take cabbage, add salt, put it in a jar. Boom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, let it sit. Yeah. So that is, that is so good. And then, um, then go on to hot, things that require hot water baths. So that would be like fruit, canning fruit. So that doesn't take a pressure canner and extra skills. So again, you know, just work your way into it. It's, it's what I did. You, um, and, and it's so amazing to be able to take something and extend its life by preserving it and then feed your family off of it too. And then have this amazing skill that, that you can use. Okay. The next tip is to teach or share your skill with others. How does this make you self-reliant? Well, we'll get to that in a second, but somebody taught me to can and I'm teaching somebody else to can. I, I grew up canning with my mom and preserving meat and my grandma was great at different, making different sausages and, and preserving things and that kind of thing. And if you are willing to pass this knowledge onto others, your kids is the one that we've been talking about most, but like your neighbor, 
So let's say you are teaching your neighbor how to do strawberry freezer jam. They might be like, oh, hey, this reminds me of the time that I did cheese making with my mom. And you'll be like, oh, hey, teach me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you, when you, it's kind of a mentality or mindset thing. When you start this preserving or this self-reliance thing, you find other people who enjoy that too. And, um, and they pass their knowledge to you as well. That's right. That's right. Um, and it's a really fun way to make memories too, right? Oh, yeah. Um, moving on to number seven. So this is what Audrey's talking about, a, a way that teaching others benefits us, is that if we can't make it, we can maybe trade something for it. This is just how the world worked for thousands of years. Uh, before anyone had money and stores and things like supply chain, they just made something. And if they had too much, they would trade it for something that they needed. Um, and this is a wonderful way to operate within neighbors and friends, um, especially if you have a skill that other people really value, right? Um, bartering our time, skills. In reality, any skill that you have that makes you more useful is self-reliance, right? So being able to barter that with other people um, will make you more reliant on yourself and less so on those who may or may not be able to help you out later on. Um, we love that we live in a, in a society where we don't have to do everything ourselves. Um, and I don't think there will ever come a time where we will have to, but to even have three or four skills under our belt that can help subs- subsidize what we already buy from the store can be immensely useful. Yeah, right. So let's say you can bake bread, but you don't have a cow. Well, okay, I'll trade you milk from my cow if you break, bake bread for me, right? So yeah. it's it's a win-win situation. I've got way more milk than I can use. And if you're making sourdough, you probably have way more starter and bread than you <laughs> than you need. So um, that's really, really neat thing. And again, it's more of this mindset thing about like self-reliant. It's not, I guess it's empowering. What it, this is what I'm trying to get at. It's empowering to be able to share your skills with others and have them share it with you and share your what you produce with others and have them share it with you. Maybe yep. they can babysit your kids while you... Milk the cow. <laughs> Milk the cow. No, well, you, you know, can can peaches and then, mm. you know, you give them some of the peaches back or something that, you know, there's just all sorts of situations that you can think of. And and one quick side note about this. Think about the social network created when people are able to barter their skills and their products that they're creating themselves. We live in a society that is just continually more and more isolated. Thanks, COVID. All of a sudden, nobody talks to anybody anymore. Um, But, you know, recently I I bought a big batch of peaches that I was going to work with, and I had more than I needed, and I was able to go to my neighbor and share some with her and have a conversation, right? When we are sharing our skills and our resources with others, it just connects us to those close by, and that's something that everyone is in need of, I think. Yeah, here's a really fun example of this. So for before we planted our fruit trees, but before we had enough apples, we would have a yearly apple cider press party and everybody would bring the apples off their trees and Mm -hmm. we would throw them all together and combine it and run them through our cider press. We didn't have any apples we were contributing, but we did have a cider press and we have this big, huge Saturday celebration where we just pressed apples and made cider and everybody took apple cider home and we got to keep some and you know there was also other fresh baked goods and it turned in this really fun time just um connection and having fun and we we didn't have any apples our, our trees weren't um producing apples yet but we definitely benefited. oh cider press why aren't you my neighbor oh, <laughs> sounds so good <laughs> uh, it's one of those old-time ones where you crank it and it presses yeah. it down it's yeah so cool. that's awesome All right. 
Tip number eight, think local. So you actually, in reality, can't do make grow everything. We're not out no, on the Nor would you we... want to. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. <laughs> exactly. I know. There's not enough hours in the day. So find your local pe- farmers, growers, makers, people who are doing and making and growing things. And that cuts down on the whole supply chain issue. If you have pigs and, you know, I have clothes that I sew, we can barter. I can give you clothes for bacon or whatever, you know, and, and we can, we can trade and we can, but it's local. It takes out the, you know, this and that is coming from China or Argentina or whatever, and they're out at the store. So then we're just out. Well, what Mm -hmm. isn't out in your area? Let's, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. For a second, you said, I'll give you clothes for bacon. I'm like, is somebody dressing a pig up? Like I'm confused about this trade. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh... I would basically give anything for bacon. Okay. (laughs) Same. Same. What do you want? A child? Here you go. <laughs> Just give me the bacon. I will not run out of bacon. Oh, so good. Okay. All right. Number nine is one that we um, kind of like to talk about. Is it time to talk about sewing, Audrey? <laughs> yes. You, you know we found place in our Self-Reliance oh. episode to talk about sewing. You guys, I know sewing is not everyone's cup of tea, but if you have even the slightest desire to learn how to sew, do it. It is the most useful skill I own hands down. It can't make food, but let me tell you that because it is a skill that requires so much practice and expertise, people are desperate for that skill. And I can guarantee you that if things, you know, crap hits the fan and all of a sudden we can't get food, you will have a useful skill to barter and trade. And even if that never happens, you I've saved so much money by just being able to patch my kids' pants or just being able to hem something that, you know, got too short. So now it's a, a skirt instead of a, you know, a shorter skirt instead of a maxi. It is just such a useful skill and we love it so much. (laughs) Uh, Here is a very good example of this, that every single um, sewist felt vindicated in 2020 when there was a mask shortage. And what did we home sewists do? We dove into our enormous stashes and we started sewing masks for people. Mm -hmm. And some people started selling those. And I'm here to tell you, some people made some really good money because there was no masks and Mm -hmm. masks were required. So every, every, like the sewing skill was, was there. Yeah. There was a group of people in my area that got together. And so they took orders, um, not orders. They took requests from the hospitals for the um, healthcare providers. And they were sewing the masks for the healthcare providers yeah. because there wasn't any. And um, it, it was pretty amazing. Like it felt really, really amazing to be able to offer something with this skill that was just kind of a hobby up until that point. Um, yeah. So that that's not sewing clothes or anything. Um, let's you know that's not even diving into making quilts and coats and things you know t- for your family and for your home. That's just like who would have foreseen that situation coming up that sewing would be such a right. useful skill. Yeah. Okay. I think we need to stop talking about sewing now and keep um, going. What's <laughs> <once> not? <laughs> <laughs> One side note I wanted to add in here is um we've talked about food and clothing which are two essentials right for survival two other ones that that came to me recently were um uh shelter and also medical care so those are two that are also really really essential for being self-reliant obviously we can't give each other surgery (laughs) i hope no one would be trying that but little things like do you have a first aid kit do you know how to take care of some basic injuries um i can glue a laceration shut like nobody's business because i've had a lot of them to deal with and 
and know how to deal with some life-threatening emergencies, at least till, um, you know, other medical care gets there. But, but the minor stuff, do you know how to take care of minor burns and, um, those sorts of things really, really helpful. And then shelter, like what else can you learn about your own shelter? Can you learn how to patch your own roof or deal with, uh, a, a different leak or a plumbing issue? Um, especially if, if these trades become harder to find or, um, you know, something happens with your shelter, that's a really, really essential skill to have. Yes, that is such a good, good point. Um, I think we have a whole episode about, um, about that idea. And we, like we talked about what was in our medical kits at home and how Mm -hmm. to, how to take care of our kids. We'll have to link that one in the show notes. Um, but yeah, shelter, definitely. I have one of my kids, um, went through the whole exercise of, I think it's called, oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it's, um, it's the survival skill where they go out in the woods and they build a shelter from everything, the found, um, it's something about found. Yeah. Yeah. And he did that. And like, he has this shelter that he built and it's got like a chimney on it. Like he went through the whole exercise of making his own clay or mortar or whatever, just, just because it was interested, interesting Mm -hmm. to him. And, um, that that's kind of cool. Another thing that we did, um, was learn, what one year for science and um, my kids were studying plants and we learned what was edible in our area what we could eat um of the plants that were out there so that was a pretty cool exercise um there might be one or two cactus we can eat out here and i think wild javelina <laughs> <laughs> if you want your bacon <laughs> oh do you have dandelions surely you have dandelions oh yeah maybe i don't know yeah. It's it's kind of a barren wasteland over here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But anyway, that's, you know, that's kind of cool to think about. Um, And this is back. Well, so maybe you don't know anything about patching a roof or building a shelter. Well, barter some of your skills that you have for Mm -hmm. that. You can, or or even, you know, ask somebody to teach you. So, you know, maybe they're not going to trade there. Maybe they're not going to come roof your house for you, but maybe you can go roof a house with them to learn, you know, that kind of thing. There's almost nothing you can't learn on YouTube. Seriously. Again, I probably wouldn't learn electrical work on YouTube. You know, something that could actually kill you if you messed up. But canning, for sure. Growing a garden, um, milking a cow, anything you want to learn, just Google it and figure it out. Ask a friend. Maybe a friend could come learn with you. You guys can, you know, have some trial and error together. What's the worst that could happen? You break a couple of jars and, you know, have to eat your peaches raw. Bummer. (laughs) Instead of in a can. It's fine. It's it's just so exciting to be able to expand your skills and know that you're helping your family, potentially helping your family to survive with these skills. Yeah. Okay. The last tip that we have for you is the biggest overall overarching thing that you can teach your kids is teach them to be producers, not consumers. This is a big, a big concept out there, but like, so if they want something, how do you respond to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want, mm-hmm. you know, and then it even comes down to what do they do with their time? So what are they doing with their time? Um, are they consuming on a device, on a screen? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a consumer mindset, but how about what could they do with that time that like, not that they have to be producing or productive hundred percent of the time, but What's the ratio there of productive mm-hmm. to consumptive time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that's just so easy to do because we are just bombarded with this fire hose of media and so easy to just go buy whatever you want, read whatever you want, listen to whatever you want. And it's so much harder to make it ourselves, right? But it's infinitely more fulfilling. Okay. So once again, don't get overwhelmed by this and think about all the things you're reliant on others for. It's the same, the world around, well, maybe not the world around, but the West for sure. We're, most of us are are reliant 
about 99.9% on other people. But just get inspired and make one little change, one little thing you've been um, interested in doing. Um, maybe you really, really just want to learn how to uh, grow apples because your family is obsessed with eating apples. Well, in five years, you're going to have an apple tree because you're going to plant one today, right? Or whatever it is. Um, and like Audrey said, just continue doing it so that years down the road, you look back and go, aren't you so glad that we started, that we um, you know, did something that was a little bit uncomfortable and we figured out how to create something that our family needed? Yes. And and then ask yourself, what what are the things that we use every day? So when we started planting a garden, our my husband said, let's plant ingredients. Like, let's look at this as if we're planting ingredients. And it's just kind of a different way to think about it. That, um, yeah, what do we actually eat? And how can we produce it ourselves? What, what are our favorite foods? How can we, how can we make that happen? Um, so what can, else can you do to become less dependent? Not completely independent, but less dependent on someone or something else for food, shelter, clothing. Like Bonnie and I have both experienced, just going back to sewing for a second, just a second, I promise. <laughs> but we have both experienced a huge shift in our mindset about fashion and about clothing now that we can produce clothing and we're not reliant on the fashion industry for clothing ourselves or our family. Not that we produce 100% of our clothing, but it's a mindset thing. That leads into my final thought about being self-reliant. Even if you, the, the world never gets to a place where you have to be, you know, producing these things for your family because you can't get them somewhere else. But as you begin to create things for yourself, you just become a little bit more aware of what's out there and how things are created. So I knew that the grocery store eggs were not the best kind, especially the ones you get in a big box from Walmart that cost like $7. You're like, mm. you know, the yolk is like barely yellow. You're like, mm, I don't know if there's any nutrition in these. But the fact of the matter is, since we started creating our, well, producing our own via these wonderful chickens, um, we are just so much more aware of what goes into the production of them. And I'm aware that a lot of these um, commercial chickens are locked into teeny tiny little pens or coops and and don't have a great quality of life, which also affects the eggs and the, and the nutrition. So, you know, just like you're saying about clothing, it just makes me more aware. Where is this coming from? Who's making this? Especially when it takes me three days to create a dress. How are they churning this out at such a cheap rate? Like what, what is this affecting? How is this affecting the planet? How is this affecting someone's quality of life? So just kind of open up your eyes to um, what you're consuming and how makes you just a better, a better earth dweller. Is that the <laughs> word I'm looking for? <laughs> no, that is so cute. I love that. A, a better oh. citizen of planet earth. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like earth dweller. <laughs> My final thought here is um, just uh, maybe a final tip is just surround yourself with people who are more self, self-reliant than you. So follow somebody on Instagram who makes sourdough bread if you don't and just watch them. Just start watching them. You're going to be inspired. If you don't have any animals that you raise, follow somebody who has a farm and just watch them. Just watch them. You're going to be inspired or at least you're going to grow an appreciation for what goes into it. If you don't sew, follow somebody who sews. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you don't know how to build or do home repairs, just, just touch it. Just reach out and, you know, follow somebody or watch somebody or, you know, the, there's, there's a hundred ways to start being interested in this kind of thing. So it's just kind of a way to help your kids in the future to shift their mindset from complete 100% consumer to just even start being aware of that things are produced and how they're produced and how much um, effort and time it takes. And that can 
we can have a great influence on the on the future just by taking a couple of small steps. We hope some of these tips, some of these 10 tips have been exciting, inspiring for you and not scary or overwhelming. We just wanted to um, do this episode because we think more people are, it's, it's coming to the forefront in people's minds that things are not as available or as affordable as they used to be. Um, and so the knowledge is out there and we encourage you to go go start. Just just take one tiny step and see what see what you find. All right guys, have a great week. I am Bonnie and I'm Audrey and we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.